This is episode 46 of Bike is Short for Bikel. Um, I'm just gonna drop you, plop you into uh, this conversation. It's continued from our other episode. So yeah, here we go. I haven't started editing it, so hopefully it's good. But I mean, we'll see. I guess I'm gonna listen along with you. And then another one was world's greatest expert where one of the other players says hey i heard you're the world's greatest expert on and you have to give an in-depth and probably completely false lecture about the thing you're the greatest expert on other players are allowed to ask you questions okay (coughs) hey catherine i was coughing hey catherine (laughs) hi hi i heard you're the world's greatest expert on the Gila monster. Mm, I am. How did you know that? We've never talked about it before. Um, I googled Gila monster and on its Wikipedia page it says world's greatest expert. Oh, Catherine Dunn. Oh, that's like, what you googled. There is no other Catherine Dunn in the world. I didn't realize um, I had to, I there, talked there to you is... about this before. Can you can you, you announce it again for me? <laughs> the the Gila monster? Gila monster. Yeah. Well, you didn't know this, but <laughs> when I was in high school, my my school was like the hub for researching this monster. Mm. It's found mm. in in Central California, and they live in almond trees. They're like little little bugs. They're called Gila mm. monsters. Well, <laughs> I have to make a correction. Of course, you would have known this because you're the world's greatest expert. Yeah, but it's actually pronounced Gila monster. Oh, I I got you. You thought you thought I was saying it wrong on accident, but I actually did it on purpose. Um, where I'm from, with my accent, that's how we say it. But yeah, it's Gila monster. You say Gila monster. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So they live in almond trees, and they burrow into mm. the trunks of the trees, and mm. um. You know, during harvesting season, they come out. So heel monster is really not just one big thing. It's a lot of little things native to central California. So the heel monster is like a name for like a bunch of different bugs all making up one no. organism. Is that what you're saying? I mean, it's like it's like you call ladybugs a ladybug. <laughs> the monster is a type of bug also did you ever see lion king yes okay so they eat gila bugs in that movie and also um you know the movie toward or the song towards the end where they're talking about how like he lives in you can you feel the love tonight no not that song (laughs) there's a song where the lyrics are he lives in you between the waters that's not the words but something like that um they're singing, about, <laughs> they're singing about how Simba's father Mufasa that's his name, right? Yes. Uh it is, lives it is in Simba, and that's how Simba can be the Lion King now. Anyway, the oh, bugs yes. in that song mm. are Gila monsters. There are bugs in that song. Um, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> Well, you are the world's greatest expert, so I you would have noticed. 
ask me more like what else do you want to know about Gila monsters like um how many legs do they have six hundred so they're in oh <laughs> you mean each bug individually or like all the bugs yes. combined oh one you know how one many- about it they don't need more than one how does it move then it flies <laughs> oh, okay okay that makes sense um but you said 600 before so sorry i got exactly 600 heal monsters at any given time yeah yeah oh so like if one is born one has to die like is that a, a thing it's in the more like monster community? it's more like when one dies one gets born oh so how are they born um they're born like everything else is born i don't know eggs <laughs> but then your previous statement just isn't making sense to me <laughs> Okay, let me paint a picture for you. So there's like, you know how things get born and alive. Like, do I have to explain everything to you? Or no? Okay, it's fine. Then there's things get born and alive. (laughs) And then there's like all these eggs. Um, they're on a tree, so they're not like born yet. So there's the 600 outside of that. And then once one of the Gila monsters outside dies, then one of the eggs hatch, and then you add on to the 600. Okay. Also, it's just okay. 600 per tree. So, like, there's more than 600. Sorry, did uh, I not say that before? No, you didn't. You just... Sorry. <laughs> said there were 600 legs combined. I just... I did the math, um, because if each one has one leg, then that, you know... Oh yeah, quick math would would uh, result in that. <laughs> um, quick math. Yeah, you're good at math. Are you studying math? I I am that not. Was, that was really fast. You should maybe switch. It is. Maybe. Maybe I will. Any other questions? You want what they eat? Um. Yeah. What do they eat? Corn on the cob. <laughs> It has to be on the cob. <laughs> How do they eat if they only have one leg? <laughs> How do they hold up to it? I don't, I don't know what having legs has to do with being able to eat corn on the cob. But um, they eat corn on the cob. I mean, these things are microscopic, so they're not They're microscopic? I mean, no, maybe not How microscopic. How big are they? They're like the size of a ladybug. Okay. They're cousins with okay. ladybugs. Okay. That's where they get their red color from. They're red. Well, they glow Elephant? and they're red. Yeah. They they glow? Yeah. Gila monsters. Like, are they bioluminescent? What... Mm-hmm. What does Gila mean? Of the sun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what they do is all day long, they are charging and they get their charge from the sun and that's where they get their redness. And at night they're red. And then they go into the almond trees and they do what they do. And they're, they just, yeah, it's really cool. Um, you probably never all heard of them, because, of them. All 600 of them. You've probably never heard of them because they are actually extinct. I didn't, did I tell you that? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah you've been referring to them as if they're still alive well because when i was a child they were and then um they 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 all got eaten so they're not (laughs) by what what's the what what ate them the gila oh the the, of the sun yeah well that's what it means (laughs) it's not what it is they just got eaten okay and also, there's a By lot of a honey badgers, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Enough about honey me, though. Honey badgers and heal it. Enough about me. Can I show you what a heal monster is? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a made-up thing. No. <laughs> it's a species of venomous lizard native, native to the southwestern U.S. and the northwestern Mexican state of Sonora. So not where I'm from. I only know about animals from where I'm from. Okay. Anyway, enough enough about you. Yeah. I heard that you're the world's greatest expert in uprolites. Mm, it's true. How did you find out that I I am the world's greatest expert in uprolites? Well, my brother and I got really into them like two summers ago, and I saw your name on there, but okay. I've been too shy to bring it up oh. until right now. This is like a very odd time to, to bring this up, but I, I am I am very into you, Brillates. Yeah, how did you get into them? I, um, you know, was um, in Florida once. Oh yeah, and came across them in in the wild. Oh, yeah. Um, and Can then you explain? Just, sorry you know, for our listeners. I was like, what is a you? What's a uprolite? Just for our listeners, it's what it sounds like. It's 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 <laughs> a light made of uper, um, and they occur naturally in very sunny parts of the United States and in um, Norway, actually. Those are the only two places they exist. Um, and it's like they, they grow out of the ground. Um, and they're a naturally occurring light source. Yeah, they um, produce the, the um, amount of of light source that a an le like one uprolite is equivalent to the brightness that can be achieved by an led light bulb whoa and this is yeah and where do you get them from the ground the dirt oh the ground and so is it like a plant or um what is it i don't like to use the word plant when referring to uprolites because it's a bit limiting to their actual growth process Mm. um 
but they do arrive arise <laughs> arise from the ground <laughs> so they are, are they alive i wouldn't call them alive i wouldn't call them dead <laughs> but i mean would you would you call a light bulb alive no but a light bulb yeah. doesn't just like arrive out of the ground <laughs> um some species do anyway species um, of light bulb <laughs> you know you've got um led and the other one <laughs> okay 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 let's get back yeah. on track here um, yeah. When did you first I'm not start a light bulb expert? Yeah, you're Uprolite. You, can you spell expert. that for me, by the way? U U P E R. And one of those U's has a little like um lot over it. <laughs> and how did you become an L-I-G-H-T. expert? I G H T. It's one word. <laughs> how did you become an expert? <laughs> Like when did you start um, like studying I said, this? Like I said, I was in Florida, um, you know, one sunny day, and I saw them just coming out of the ground, and I was like, "That's a weird looking plant." And my mom was like, "How dare you refer to this as a plant? It's not a plant. Um, it's not a mineral or a vegetable either. It's." It's a uprolite. It's it's in it's in a category of its own. Is your mom a twenty questions ball? <laughs> Don't change the subject. Uh, we're not talking about that right now. Oh, sorry. We're talking about uprolites. <laughs> what color are they? Anyway, so, um, blue. Just like the brightest blue you've ever seen. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they're like metallic. That's why I wouldn't really refer to them as a plant. Mm. They're kind of like a machine. Mm. But that being said, you plant them from a seed. So oh, I can that's see where the confusion is. Oh, so they don't wait. But earlier you were saying they just like arrive slash arise <laughs> so you have to plant them yes. for that to happen oh yeah i mean you can't like obtain the seed for uprolite anywhere the seed kind of like arrives so it chooses you <laughs> it doesn't choose a person it chooses where it wants to grow i see and you just mm-hmm. will happen to come upon it yeah, they're very, very rare. Super rare. It sounds like it since I I didn't know a lot of this. I thought I knew what a Uper light yeah. was, but my brother and I were looking for the wrong thing a few years ago. Yeah, I, I believe oh. you were. Um, yeah, and um, it's one of the most natural energy sources that you can use. You can't harvest the energy for anything but light but if we were to replace all the lights in our the all the bulbs in our home with uh uper lights 
<laughs> then we would soon stop using electricity. Because um, Uperlites don't require any kind of external energy source. They just are bright for the rest of their lives, which is um, about 200 years. Can you like turn them on and off then? Or no? No. So you just, the lights are on all the time in your house. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't have any Uper lights in my house because it's illegal to harvest them. Oh, but why are you suggesting we put them in our house then? I think it should be legal to harvest them. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cool. Do you have any last things to say about it? Um, they're excellent. Call your local representative and tell them that you should be able to harvest you for lights for your home. I didn't realize we were going to get political today, but the, the, the most renewable energy resource we have is a Uper light. Is a Uper light. Even though they're super rare. And they choose you. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't choose you. They choose where they want to grow. Oh, you're right. You're right. They well, take, um, but they only take, um, they only take 45 seconds to grow once they have chosen their, their spot. How did we know that? Like, do you watch them choose the spot and then set a timer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. really quite, quite simple science. <laughs> it is quite simple. Once you explain it like that. Quite simple. Um, do you want to know what a Uperlite really is? Yes. <laughs> it's spelled Y O O P E R L I T E. And okay. it's the name for rocks that consist of cyanite rich fluorescent sodalite. It's um, a mineral. So, like, it's a type of rock in the Upper Peninsula of yeah. Michigan. So, the U, they call themselves UP. Okay. Um, and if you put like a UV light on it, it glows in the dark. It's really cool. So my brother and I spent like a whole summer trying to find these rocks. So we went up and down beaches. We never found any, but my friends found some. That's what a Uperlite is. That's somehow almost cooler than my Uperlites. No, I like that yours just arrives. <laughs> That's my favorite part of that whole thing. <laughs> Catherine, enough about Gila Monsters and Uperlites, you have been holding out, um, and I heard that you are the world's greatest expert on thermophiles. Oh, I am. Who told you yeah. that? Who I told just, you that? I, I saw it in your Instagram bio. Yeah, so thermophiles are a type of file. It's really cool um but they, file. yeah it actually fits in a filing cabinet unlike ever before because okay. before thermometers <laughs> couldn't fit in, in to the filing cabinet so now thermophiles can they're just really hot and they're all at different temperatures it's in fahrenheit sorry for my celsius crowd um but that's what thermophiles are wow um what's the purpose of of this um, just to like when you have a fever and you're not sure what temperature, you can figure that out. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, you know, when you have a fever, like if it's over a yeah. certain, um, like if a hundred degree fever, like you have a fever um, and you're sick. And so this helps you yeah. figure that out. Well, I, I guess I should clarify. I know what a thermometer is, but I'm not, 
I'm not sure what the thermophile's role is in figuring out your fever. So if you have all the files, you can like touch them. And like when it lights up green, that's your temperature. And that's how you know if you have a fever or not. Oh, so it's it's just like a more complicated thermometer. No, it's actually less complicated. It's you don't less have to like you don't have to scan your forehead or like stick something under your tongue. You just like put your fingers through it and it's just a filing mm. cabinet that sits in your house always. How big is the, does the filing cabinet have to be? Oh, just like I'm showing her with my hands. It's hard. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's smaller than an office size filing cabinet. Everyone okay. has one, so it's like everyone has a refrigerator, everyone. everyone has a couch, like everyone has a thermophile cabinet. <laughs> yes, um, you're correct. I do love my thermophile cabinet. Um, what how were they invented? And oh, well, they were invented with science. I don't really know how much more I can say about so it. You're, you're the world's greatest expert on it, though yeah well i mean but i don't want to like be talking down to you you know it's kind of rude but if i must um they were invented in 1842 same year um as the thermometer um no that's not true why am i lying to you thermometers were invented <laughs> after thermophiles um and at first oh, no. they <laughs> why are you laughing <laughs> After a cabinet that contains thermometers. No, no, you're not understanding what this is. Okay. Oh, I guess I'm not explaining it to someone as stupid as you. <laughs> the way it works. You know what a filing cabinet is, right? Filing cabinet has a bunch of files in it with like little labels. So the labels have different temperatures and ours is yes. in Fahrenheit. So it's like 96.5, 96 96.6, 96.7, 96.8, 96.9, 97, 97.1, 97.2, 97.3, 97.4. So it's by every decimal point. Yeah, it's every decimal. And so when you think you have a fever, you just go through the files until one turns green. And when that file mm. turns green, you know that's what your temperature is. So this was invented before okay. thermometers. Because, well, no, wait, now I'm getting my numbers mixed up. No, it was invented after. You're right. That's why that didn't make any sense. It was invented after. After you yelled at me that I was stupid. <laughs> you're backtracking now anyway so yeah it works because the files are like sensitive and they can like just track your temperature there's like a heating pad okay. on there and it just like it just knows from like the technology incredible that's an in incredible incredible invention so um and that's actually why we call them files like on your computer um similar vibe ah uh, well i actually i grew up in um 
Massachusetts and they didn't have them there. They were um, outlawed. So that's why I don't know much about them. That's exactly why you don't know. You guys didn't use thermophiles. You you probably had um, thermostats. Yes. <laughs> Which is a completely different thing, but like similar technology. Uh, just tells you the temperature of your house. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, our, our thermostats could also detect if someone in the house was running a fever um, and it would beep. We just had to figure out who was running the fever. Yeah, that. it was like kind of like a Hunger Games style thing. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah I've heard about that. Massachusetts, yeah. huh? Mm. Mm, Massachusetts. Uh, not yeah. not the one in the United States, though. Oh, no, um, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking the other one. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, thermophiles. Therm- thermophiles. Um, this is what a thermophile is. I can't find a um can't find a picture of it because my my phone for some reason is not working. But um, <laughs> it's heat loving bacteria. It's the the kind of bacteria that makes um, the geysers colorful in Yellowstone. <laughs> I wasn't too I wasn't too far off, honestly. No. <laughs> No, and file is P H I L E. Thermophile. I heard you're the world's greatest expert in raccoon dogs. I am. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I don't think a lot of people know about raccoon dogs. <laughs> I can't speak. Raccoon dogs. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so back in 1913, um, mm-hmm. at the, the the World's Fair in Chicago, um, the the raccoon dog was first presented to the world, um, and you know it's just what it sounds like. Um, they they combined a raccoon and a dog. Did they? And it became a raccoon dog. Um, so it's kind of like a bigger raccoon. Um, it still has like opposable thumbs. Um, but then it looks more like a dog. It's like a dog with hands. It looks like a dog with hands. Yeah. And then it's also got a, um, like the mask thing that the raccoons have. It's got that also. Yeah. So do you think it's ethical to mix a raccoon with a dog like that? Um, I mean, you didn't do it. So it's like. I didn't do it. You know, they, they just kind of exist now. I would say if you were to get a raccoon dog, you definitely need to adopt. Don't support breeders who are currently breeding raccoon dogs. Um, okay. Because I. I think a lot of health issues arise like um you know how raccoons have that little like hump back um it causes a lot of um it's, it causes dog scoliosis basically mm. um in a lot of them and because of overbreeding um mm. overbreeding. Yeah, dog scoliosis is, is a, a big issue i know that's something that's near and dear to your heart as well um what type of dog did they mix with the raccoon Uh, it was just a dog 
I mean, there's different types of dogs. Yeah, it was. It was just like a dog, um, you know, like when you think of a dog in your head, it was that dog. Oh, okay. And something I know we're all um, thinking. It wasn't. It was kind of like a mutt, um, and. Oh more modern raccoon breeders um like to use the pomeranian um but Mm. then they end up being a little too small for um hunting purposes which is what they were originally bred for yeah and i know Mm -hmm. this is what everyone's thinking is um raccoons are nocturnal and dogs aren't so how does that work yeah well they're awake all the time which is another ethics question can you explain explain that so they're awake (laughs) all the time they're just never go to sleep (laughs) no no they're awake all the time and studies have shown that they don't necessarily need to sleep but they would like to sometimes um but they can't because the the dogs journal about that (laughs) how do we know that How do we know they would like to sleep? <laughs> well, um, it's a very scientifically controlled experiment where uh, they'll have a raccoon dog in a room and um, someone will go to sleep near the raccoon dog and then they've observed the raccoon dog looking sad. <laughs> um, and you said that their main purpose is hunting, but I have seen on ESPN yeah. the races they do with these raccoon dogs. Ex- care to explain? They do. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a new thing that's arisen. They'll, um, you know, mix greyhounds with the raccoons. And mm. then, which, oh, man, it's, it's a world of, of, you know, ethics questions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they run, they run on, um, two legs and <laughs> which legs, which like surely not the two back legs. It would make more sense. <laughs> which legs, buddy? <laughs> The two front legs. The two front legs. So is it more you like know, a hopping they've... or? No, they're just like I'm, I'm, you know, demonstrating with my hands on the, yeah. the camera. Um, but you know, they just like it's like if you were to do a handstand and then mm-hmm. like go really fast forward. That's like what it looks like. Um, Because they've got to use the opposable thumbs somehow because the thumbs can, like, grip the dirt. What do they eat? Better than their... Um, They eat apples and steak. Steak. Cooked steak or raw? Yeah. Like, just raw meat? Oh, Um, you have to cook it? Raw. Oh, raw. Yeah, that makes more sense. No, raw. But you have to cook the apples. Mm. They prefer their food. So there's... None of these are in the wild, right? No, no, they don't exist in the wild um, unless, you know, people will have like exotic pets and then release them. You've heard of like, you know, pythons being released into the wild. The only time a raccoon dog would ever exist in the wild is if someone, you know, had released it into the wild. 
Do you think that's it's also happened? it's it's kind of like a, it's like a mule. Um, you know how a mule can't like reproduce. Hmm. Raccoon dogs can't either. So you have to have a dog and a raccoon. Oh wow! So they're super yeah. rare. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Have you ever seen one in real life? Oh yeah. We had one growing up. His name was Tim. Whoa. So whoa. How did you guys get one? Um, we found him. Wow, that's pretty like lucky. I said, he'd been released um by someone who was not a responsible raccoon dog owner. Mm. Um, and so so we had him. They don't live very long, they live like um a year. A year. So we had him for a few months. <laughs> Like I said, they have outrageous health problems. Yeah, especially if you're only using two of your four legs. <laughs> well, those are what? the only gray. Those are the that's the greyhound raccoon dog ones, breed yeah. specifically. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite story about a raccoon dog that you've mm. heard? Uh, they used to use them in in firehouses instead of Dalmatians um, because they could hold the hose um with their opposable thumbs <laughs> well that actually is way more helpful than just like a dalmatian i agree so, so um, what the picture you're maybe. painting for me is a raccoon dog holding a firehouse hose that with water and i just can only assume that the raccoon dog is putting out a fire <laughs> Oh yeah. They use the dog to put absolutely. out a fire. Oh, absolutely. Um yeah, I mean that's the only reason they stopped doing that was because of the ethics questions and um raccoon dogs are insanely smart. You know how um raccoons are very smart animals. Um and dogs are also pretty smart and easily trainable. So, um, yeah, raccoon dogs have like the best of those and you can train them to, to hold a fire hose. Um, they're very strong too, pretty buff. Um, so, um, they, they can hold the fire hose and they phase them out of firehouses because of the ethics questions. And also they're super rare. So yeah, it's like and they only live financially. Yeah. Right, right. So it was yeah. like not financially feasible. They had were having to get a new raccoon dog and retrain him every single year. Yeah. That's a hassle. Yeah. It's mm. it's a hassle indeed. Well, I think that's all the questions I have. Do you have any last words? Um, no, uh adopt don't shop. Well, yes, adopt don't shop. Um <laughs> Even though they're um, super adopt rare, a raccoon and dog. Can, if, and if, you can only get one if, if you, you want to read it. <laughs> well, there are raccoon dog rescues. Um, mm. There's one in Canada, I think, is the closest to us. Well, do you want to know what a raccoon dog really is? Yes. <laughs> this is what this website says. The most extraordinary thing about raccoon dogs is that they're not related to raccoons at all. Despite having faces that look identical, these East Asian dogs are most closely related to foxes. Raccoon dogs also have also been significant in Japanese folklore since ancient times. They are portrayed as mischievous and jolly and are famous for shape-shifting. Many Japanese homes have wow. a small statue of one on their bookshelves. Oh, I love that. Show so me a picture. Wait, I'll um, Google it. Here's a picture. 
Oh, I love it. I love that way better than whatever monstrosity I was concocting. <laughs> the whole <laughs> idea that you had to breed them and that they couldn't breed afterwards was a lot, but you know, <laughs> you committed and you went with it, and I respect I that. did. <laughs> Oh, wow. Again, like a mule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we're coming to the end of whatever this is, but it's been fun. Oh, man. It's been fun. a hoot. It's been a, a hoot indeed. As always, please, please support us on Patreon. Yeah, we really need it. We can't do this podcast without it. Um, so if you please go find our Patreon, we would. Oh, I don't want to leave yeah. the meeting. I almost left. The <laughs> you just le- left in the middle of talking. <laughs> but also, please uh, follow our Twitter. Is Bicle at Is <laughs> Like you said, okay to me. And our Instagram, Bicle Podcast, and our email. Bike is short for a bicycle podcast at gmail.com. All we get to yeah, that email follow that is as well. spam. <laughs> follow our email. <laughs> um, yeah. We could start or a Google don't. Plus account. Or don't because, like, honestly, this is just a fun hobby. I also want to bring up something yeah. else that I was, I don't know why I was looking at this, but did you know that we haven't been posting weekly? That are like second week or third week we skipped. What? So we haven't actually been doing no, this I weekly. It was in December. Oh, that's so sad. Um, so it's not like we ruined a streak by not posting the last two weeks. Yeah. But we will be well, celebrating. We did. Yeah, we did. We'll still be celebrating when we get to 50 and 52. Don't you worry. We got yeah, something. We don't. We got something big up our sleeves. <laughs> so big. It's a raccoon dog. <laughs> we got each other raccoon dogs. <laughs> but the kind I was describing, not the real ones. <laughs> no. And I bought it. I invented a thermophile. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, well, anyways, remember. Until next time. Bye, 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 bye. 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 bye.